It's the Morning Blend with David and Brenda. A double shot of Catholicism and conversation to start your day off right. On the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Mater Day Radio. And a very good Tuesday morning to you, February 28th, 7 a.m. It's David and Brenda with you on the Morning Blend. Thank you so much for joining us. If this were a leap year, there would be one more day in February, but it is not. So this is the last day of February. Oh, very nice. How so, about that? You know, I actually have a friend who was born on leap day. So is February right? 29th and his birthday. And we always ask him, so do you celebrate your birth? Because it's February. So I said, do you go forward to February 28th when it's not a leap year? Or do you wait until March and have a March oh, first birthday? Good question. And uh, he says, you know, it depends. But typically he goes to March 1st. Hmm. A day later. See, I would I would think the other way. To keep it in February, to keep it go in February. to the 28th. Yeah, because you were actually born in February. But, hey, whatever. He's, he something own. Like, uh, he's had something like 11 know, actual I, birthdays. I'm 11 years old. <laughs> His years are a little bit longer than others, but anyway. Yeah. So what are you going to do for this last day of February? Uh, Big plans? Uh, no, no, not no. too much. You don't it's celebrate kind of the last those... day of February? No, nope, yeah, nope, okay. not really. Uh, I'm going to put away the snow gear, I think. Yeah, you know, I don't know got, if I would do that just yet. We've got the big bins in the garage yeah. that we keep all the snow gear, the hats, the gloves, the snow pants, those yep. types of things. And so when it snowed last week, of course, right away, even though they're practically, well, I mean, they are adults, <laughs> they're teenage adults, but sure. they go out to the garage, they bring all the bins in, and uh, now it's time to put them away, I think. No well, more playing in the snow. I, I, yeah, I know. Although the forecast still calls for some snow showers, and there were snow showers, and I drove in. There this were a morning. few too. Yeah, that's but right. it wasn't sticking. No. Yeah. So, I, yeah, you know, it's like thirty-seven degrees right now. So eh, we'll see. But yeah, if you're driving around this morning, yeah, you might be prepared. Down in the Eugene area, maybe even a little more snow down there. Interesting. Yeah. I did hear that this morning. There's a lot of weather getting, and we'll get to it as the show progresses, but it's going to be kind of a stormy day. Yeah. And then it's going to get really cold tonight. Mm, 28. Yeah, that's really cold in my book. Now, I chilly. mean, for, if you're from Alaska, maybe not so much, but... Uh, yeah, for us here, yeah. it's going to be kind of cold, so it could be a little dicey. Um, you know what, David, though? I didn't even mention this yesterday in mm-hmm. all our discussions with the snow. Big project. You know, when you're stuck inside because of weather, you, you tackle really big projects in the house, right? Sure. I put together 5,000 pairs of socks. <laughs> Felt like it. That's there a lot weren't of socks. quite that many, but yeah. I finally tackled you. Know, I'm one of those people, I mean... With all the kids and missing socks and everything like that, for a lot of times, you're going to find all of our socks in a bin. Right. One big bin. Yeah. Get in there and find what find, you need. Find what you have there. So finally, I decided we, we, we've we just got to get this under control. Daughters have moved out. One's in college, doing her own thing. You know, and I said, okay, we got to figure this out. I put together all of the socks. And when I finally said, look, you pick out 12 pair, yeah. you pick out 12 pair, I'll pick out, well, 12 pair of short socks, 12 pair of long socks. I had three huge sopping bags full of singles and old <laughs> socks with holes in them yeah. that went out to the curb today. They're gone. I uh, Socks. Yeah. I got a question, mm. a very important question for you about <laughs> socks. Okay. So. I love socks. There are some people who 
take their socks and they just pair them together and fold them in half and lay them flat in their drawer. There are others who roll them up into the ball. Right. And, you know, oh. create a little ball with them and, and that's their folding mechanism. What what do you do? Oh, I, I, I create the ball. I, I pull the cuff over. You do? Yeah, and hold them together. Hmm. My mom would say absolutely not because that stretches out the the ankle oh, and sure. so you fold them okay. and then you lay them nicely mm-hmm. the problem is is when my kids go digging folded socks just end up all over the place yeah and then you know 90% of the time they don't even pick matches right they just grab whatever see i'm a folder you're a folder huh? I, i'm a fold i'm i'm very meticulous about my socks <laughs> not only do i fold my socks but i make sure that like if i wash my socks and say they're all the same color mm-hmm. i make sure that the socks that i washed go underneath the ones so, that, that are, have, still, in that the are still in the drawer. That way, I'm rotating them through, and they're not, <laughs> and they're wearing evenly. <laughs> that that is some kind of meticulous uh, yes. behavior. There. That's in my brain, right there. <laughs> that's how I do it. Oh, that's how I roll. That's the way you roll. That's huh? right. Well, eventually, in our household, because I don't put them to back into yeah. the drawers very quickly, eventually the kids get to the bottom of their sock drawer, and then they start hunting through the bin <laughs> and grabbing whatever is resembling a matching pair. Okay. <laughs> well, well, there you go. There you go. The, all the sock talk you hoped for this morning, <laughs> you, you got it right there. What do you have coming up? Oh, well, David, a budget breakdown is released and shows exactly how money is going to be used to replace the I-5 bridge. Oh, okay. Kind of interesting. Look forward to hearing about that, and we'll talk a little bit more about the weather, not only here, but around the country. Winter won't go away. So we got a great show ahead for you this Tuesday morning. Here is Dan Francis with no other name. We are David and Brenda on the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life.
is Dan Francis and no other name. 710 at Matraday Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. David and Brenda with you on this last day of February. Hey, speaking of Dan's, Father Dan and Dina Marie going to join us as they delve into Lent right after the forecast. Support for Matraday Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. Good morning. Please join me, Father Martin King, pastor of St. Thomas More Catholic School and Parish, in this morning prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. O God, enlighten my mind with truth, inflame my heart with love, inspire my will with courage, enrich my life with service, pardon what I have been, sanctify what I am. Order what I shall be, and thine shall be the glory, and mine eternal salvation. Through Jesus Christ, my Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless. For more prayer resources, please visit our website at materdayradio.com or check the prayer section on the new Hail Mary Media app. Prayer is one of the three pillars of Lent, and Matraday Radio is ready to offer up your special intentions during this holy season. Our committed team of prayer warriors wants to hear from you by clicking Pray on the Hail Mary Media app or matradayradio.com. Call them directly with your request at 503-285-3737. That's 503-285-3737. You can keep praying with Mater Day Radio during Lent through our daily broadcast of the celebration of Holy Mass, the mysteries of the Rosary, and the Chaplet of Divine Mercy. Plus, their stirring Lenten reflections, special features on the morning blend, and the Stations of the Cross of our Lord's Passion at 7 o'clock on Friday nights. Pray your way through Lent into Easter with the Hail Mary Media app and Mater Day Radio leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. It is 713 at Mater Day Radio. I was looking at the webcams down in Eugene. Does look a little snowier Does down there. Does it really? Have a winter storm warning through the morning down there. Winter weather advisory up here in the greater Portland area. Again, a chance of some snow flurries this morning, a high of 40 degrees. Then chilly tonight, it clears off a little bit, a low of 28. So, uh, yeah, okay. yeah, winter's still here. All right. Uh, currently, yeah, it's 37 degrees at Catholic Community Services of Clark County in Vancouver. And it is 37 degrees at St. Patrick's Church in Portland. This is Dina Marie, host of Faith Moments and the Voice of the Shepherd with a Franciscan moment on Mater Day Radio. On Ash Wednesday, the Catholic Church begins the 40-day penitential season known as Lent. Catholics spend these six weeks preparing for the great feast of Easter, which lasts 50 days. What can we learn from the lives of the saints when approaching the season when we're called to focus on prayer 
fasting, and almsgiving. With me today is Franciscan friar, Father Dan Petit, to help us enter into this season of Lent and look particularly through this season through the eyes and the heart of St. Francis. Good morning, Father Dan. Thanks for joining us again today. Good morning, Dean and Marie. Good to be with you again, as always. And uh, uh, may we all have a real blessed Lent. This is a great time of grace. It's a wonderful opportunity. Again, the, the pillars of prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. And I wanted you to give us a sense of take us back to the life of St. Francis and how he approached Lent a little bit through his writings, through his example. What do we know about the Lenten season as uh, really observed by the Franciscan community? Well, uh, according to the rule, the final rule of 1223, which is the one the friars live by today in chapter three, all the friars were obliged by the rule to observe what was called the Great Lent, which is the 40 days leading up to Easter. And then, of course, the what was called the Lent leading up to Christmas. And of course, uh, Lent is a, um, a word in English that comes from the old English Lenten, which means springtime. So it's a, it's a springtime of the soul. It's intended to be that for the soul as you get ready for Christmas, as you get ready for Easter. And uh, those were the only two all the friars were obliged to was those two periods, 40 days at that time. Do we have writings from uh, St. Francis in terms of here are some things that we want to do within that period of time in terms of preparation, in terms of fasting, uh, almsgiving, of course, prayer? Yeah, we do. We have the, um, we have some in, uh, instructions communicated to us by followers in the biographies. The unusual thing about Francis is there's a lot of biographies that came out after his death about his life, and they told stories. That's that's the big way of telling the Franciscan uh, teaching was uh, stories. And there was one story which I think kind of captures the spirit of Francis. You know, Francis himself fasted so much and, and extremely, in fact. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But, um, you know, he never used his fasting as a means to shame anybody. In fact, uh, one year, Francis spent the, the Great Lent, that's the one leading up to Easter, and they were fasting with the brothers, and there was one brother that was unable to fast. He didn't have the strength uh, and wasn't able to fast like Francis did. And so Francis broke his own fast in order to eat with his brother because um because he says here, I wrote down, he says, no, brothers, that what I have done in eating, I have done by dispensation, not by desire, because fraternal charity commanded it. Mm. And see, that's what fasting can do. It gives you the freedom from desire that allows you to have that freedom for charity. And that's what Francis did in eating. It wasn't an act of Boy, I'm so hungry. I'm going to eat, but it was more an act of, I don't. I want out of love for this brother, and see, that's the fruit of fasting. Is is love must grow through fasting as we detach more from our uh, desires, which of themselves aren't bad, but they have a tendency to creep up on us. Right. 
Absolutely. We're talking with Father Dan Petit as we enter into the Lenten season and really look at Lent through the eyes of St. Francis and the Franciscan community. When we uh, enter into Lent, we have those uh, readings with Ash Wednesday, right? We begin with the ashes on our forehead. Uh, Remember that you are dust and to dust you shall return. Or we might hear repent and believe in the gospel. Give us a sense of this Ash Wednesday, this entering into, there's something physical that we even do as a church with the the ashes, which we would read about in the Old Testament, you know, the um, sackcloth and ashes in terms of this penitential season. What does this do to mark us and to really move us into a, a Lenten journey with Christ? Well, I think in some ways it's a sobering moment, Ash Wednesday, because it is a reminder that we are dust. We came from the dust of the earth, and unto dust we shall return. Uh, But we're also challenged at the same time to convert and believe in the good news, which is that from this dust and, and these ashes rises up Christ in the resurrection to revive us, and that one day we too will be revived. Well, that does require that we follow the way and the truth and the life. And so what Ash Wednesday is a reminder of, yes, memento mori, remember death, you are dust unto dust, but also remember the good news of what we're called to. And that's what we're fasting for. That's what we're giving alms for, is to favor the grace of Christ in our souls and to inherit the promises of the gospel, which is ultimately a victory over uh, sin, death, and evil itself uh, in the end. Right. And we hear, Father Dan, of the Spirit. In fact, I think it's in three of the scriptures, right? The Spirit leads Jesus into the desert to be tempted. And again, there's these 40 days. Uh, We hear about 40 days, 40 years in the Old Testament with Moses. Uh, But this being led into temptation and then to encounter these temptations give us a sense of that 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 revelation there in scripture well as you'll notice uh it it says in mark's gospel that the spirit drove christ out into the desert and of course there's determination there uh as there was the desert fathers and mothers who went out into the desert in the early church they went out purposefully to contend with the Mm. devil and they did go out to to do battle with him and of course that's what christ did now the desert mothers and fathers would have never survived in the desert if christ hadn't known victory first uh because that's what christ does he goes out to defeat this creature who was cast down here to earth from the heavens he doesn't belong here He was created to be in the heavens. Well, he's exiled from the heavens to where we live. And he's he's been wreaking havoc ever since, starting with the whole record of Adam and Eve's fall. He tempted them and brought, you know, it's kind of like he's a thug. If I'm going down, you're going down. You know, it's like he's like a mafia hitman. He says, I'm going down. Well, you think you're going up? Guess what? You're going down with me and I'm taking you down. You know, well. Our Lord went out and really in in his own humanity uh, tore away the grip of the devil on our humanity and vanquished him uh, with the temptations in the desert. And um, that becomes our hope of doing the same uh, because there's no way we could. 
he's a he's much stronger creature than we are but christ has overcome in the desert right and our hope is in christ that he <sighs> battled and we hear about the word of god you know and there's this play of words with the the satan knows satan knows god's word he just doesn't he's follow it uh, right. And he turned away from God. And yet Jesus Christ knows and trusts in his father. Um, that's good news. Yeah. And, you know, the biggest critic of us when we fail to live the word of God is Satan. He knows the word of God, like you mentioned. He knows it. And he knows when we break the word and he tempts us to break the word, and then as soon as we fall into his temptation, he jumps over to the other side and starts accusing us before God and says, you love this garbage? you got to be kidding me. And I love um, the first words out of Jesus' mouth when uh, he encountered Satan in, in Mark's gospel. He says, be quiet. Almost like, you know, I am so tired of listening to you complain about these people of mine. Will you please just be quiet? <laughs> mm -hmm. I love that, you know, because there's always, you know, there's always, um, there's plenty of material to criticize in this world. But the difference following Christ makes is we can actually become part of the solution, but only when we follow him. Because, you know, uh, uh, a crooked, you know, we can't straighten in ourselves what's crooked in ourselves. And I'm not going to straighten out in you what's crooked in you when it's crooked in me. Uh, Jesus is the only way, you know. Um, and uh, I just find that fascinating that uh, he comes to teach us how to love instead of criticize, you know. Um, Although there's, there's plenty that can go wrong, don't get me wrong, we have to name evil for what it is and not put our heads in the sand, don't get me wrong, but it's like evil isn't the final, it's not a period, it's a comma. It, it's never final after Christ, you yeah. know. Um, that's so true. Father Dampity with us, Franciscan friar entering into the Lenten season through the lens of St. Francis. I want to continue our conversation. I have some more questions for you about the life of St. Francis, but we are coming up to a break, Father. Uh, hold on through the break and we'll finish our conversation in the next half hour. Sounds good. Thank you. 725 at Mater Day Radio. David and Brenda with you on the Morning Blend. Great interview there on Lent. And of course, if you go to our website or our Hail Mary Media app, we have a lot of Lenten resources for you there. So please join us and help us move through this season, this journey of Lent through Mater Day Radio's website, materdayradio.com, or Lenten resources on the free Hail Mary Media app. Support for Mater Dei Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco, Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Hello, Bill Lemire here from the Labore Society. Did you know that Labore has now rescued close to 400 Catholic vocations from the barrier of student loan debt? 
Labouret envisions a culture where vocations to priesthood and religious life will never be lost to student loan debt. Our vision, of course, depends on the generosity of devoted Catholics like you. Please visit rescuevocations.org to learn how you can help us strengthen the future of the Catholic Church. What do the famous Batmobile, Love Bug, and Mystery Machine have in common? They were all given to Mater Dei Radio's vehicle donation program. Well, not really, but they could have been, and you could do the same. If you have a car, truck, van, RV, or boat that you no longer need, consider donating it to Mater Dei Radio. It's quick and easy, and a likely tax deduction for you. And you'll be supporting uplifting Catholic radio programs. Information on our website at materdayradio.com. The Morning Blend. Two hours a day for two times the fun. Two times the fun. On Mater Day Radio, the station dedicated to the Blessed Virgin Mary. It is 727 at Mater Day Radio, and another wintry day across the country. We'll have the details for you in the news. And that budget breakdown for that I-5 bridge has been released. They're going to tell you how they're going to spend those billions of dollars. I'll have that story for you coming up in three minutes. Here is Village Lights with Sweetest Sound. We are the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio. All my burdens born of suffering All I carry longing for a home We are homeless in our secrets No more wandering I'm running to be known I'm not alone Your love is a melody Fled me out of slavery
is Village Lights with Sweetest Sound. It's 7.30 right here at Mater Day Radio. Well, in your news this morning, as we reach the end of February and turn the corner to spring, which begins, by the way, March 20th. So All right. 20, 20 days away. 20 days away. Yeah. Well, winter's not given up <laughs> just yet. More snow showers are in the forecast today with winter weather advisories posted throughout the Willamette Valley in southwest Washington. I was just on the road cams down in Salem. They get, they're getting more snow. More snow. Yeah. So, uh, again, be careful if you're out driving around in it today. Hey, we're not alone, though. Nearly 50 million people across the Northeast are under winter weather alerts today as a storm that brought tornadoes and damaging winds to the central U.S. sweeps into the region there. Boston and New York City are on track for their biggest snow events of an unusually warm winter. Really? Back in the Northeast. Yeah. They're expecting four to six inches of snow and ice That's New York. Boston expecting up to four inches of snow through tonight, which would be its biggest snowfall of the season. That's kind of crazy because they get hit hard sometimes. All the time, it seems like. So uh, a warm winter back in the Northeast. More than 212,000 homes and businesses across the U.S. were without power this morning. So again... Winter continues. That hedgehog. Blame it all on that hedgehog. You got it. Well, Father Kirill Gorbanov, who is Vicar General of the Roman Catholic Archdiocese of the Mother of God at Moscow, said that the majority of the people are suffering and that after a year of war with Ukraine, there is no foreseeable solution. Now, according to the priest, those who come to him in search of spiritual guidance speak of fear and of uncertain future, disillusionment, and anger towards those they believe to be responsible for the current situation, sometimes also towards God and the church. Now, in addition, he said that there is suffering because of conflicts between colleagues, friends, and relatives due to different political points of view. Gorbanov noted that there are very many Russian-Ukrainian mixed families, even more so in the Catholic Church, and in many of them, people have found themselves on opposite sides of the front. Gorbanov stressed that the bishops have invited our faithful to pray and fast for peace, and the spokesman for the Russian-Roman Catholic Archdiocese also recognized the importance of Pope Francis' consecration of Russia and Ukraine to the Immaculate Heart of Mary on March 25, 2022. The murder suspect is back in custody after he ran from the Washington County Courthouse in Hillsborough during his trial on Monday, according to the Washington County Sheriff's Office. Eddie Villalobos was arrested in 2021 on the charge of murder and stabbing and killing a relative, as well as stabbing an unrelated man, leading police on a pursuit that lasted hours. On Monday, Villalobos was in the Washington County Courthouse for trial related to the numerous charges from the incident. Sheriff's Office said late Monday morning that Villalobos somehow ran out of the courthouse. After more than a two-hour manhunt, Villalobos was taken into custody. TriMet said the Max line was interrupted during the search, but later resumed once Villa Lobos was captured. Yeah, I, I, it's kind of yeah. a strange story. It, just it is unusual. Ran out of and, the. Yeah, perhaps they need to go over their procedure <laughs> yeah, policy again. I think that's probably going to happen. 
Well, the Interstate Bridge Replacement Program released a cost breakdown for its $5 billion to $7.5 billion project and with it, a clear image of what the project will look like and how it could affect Vancouver and Oregon. Now, the Colombian reports the biggest chunk with an estimated price tag of between $1.6 and $2.4 billion will go toward the replacement of the bridge itself. Now, the remaining money will be spent on transit investments scheduled to cost between $1.3 and $1.9 billion and on Oregon and Washington interchange roadways and shared use paths. That's estimated to be $1.5 to $1.5 point excuse me 1.0 to 1.5 billion dollars for work in Oregon and 990 million to 1.4 billion dollars for work in Washington now although the cost breakdown did not identify which funding source would cover each aspect of the project assistant program administrator Frank Green said that most of the 1.3 billion to 1.9 billion in transit investments will be covered by federal funds. Hmm, okay. Are they going to toll still? That's still a plan? Oh, I think that's probably a sure thing at yeah. this point. All right. In sports, the Portland Timbers opened up their regular season with a home win last night at a chilly Providence Park, defeating Sporting Kansas City 1-0. Match took a little longer to play as it was originally scheduled for this past Saturday, but uh, snow on the uh, pitch uh, that uh, postponed the game until last night. This is the 13th MLS season for the Timbers, who have a contest this Saturday at Los Angeles FC. And the Portland Trailblazers back in action tonight down in the Bay Area to face the Golden State Warriors. We will see if Damian Lillard comes even close <laughs> to matching his franchise record 71 points he scored Sunday night against Houston. Tip off at 7 o'clock. Um, uh, the odds are that he probably will not. No. Yeah. I The amount of energy that he probably just yeah. released trying to get that many points up was uh, quite a bit. So, uh, you know, just a, a regular old W would be uh, yes. fine by us. Uh, they need that. Well, ancient Antioch is a privileged religious pilgrimage destination, one of the earliest cradles of Christianity and a prominent capital of the Roman Empire. Modern-day Antakya is one of the cities left most devastated by the recent earthquakes that killed tens of thousands in Turkey and Syria, according to NPR. Now, built around 300 B.C. in southern Turkey, the city was once called the Rome of the East. In fact, tradition holds that Peter himself was a bishop of Antioch years before becoming the first bishop of Rome. He would have stayed there for seven years. Now, although the city has survived several earthquakes in the past, the latest were different. Now, according to Gemma's Yemazel article for Na- uh, NPR, Turkish military vehicles on patrol to keep the peace roll past entire streets, reduced to rubble, and bodies are still believed to be under the debris. Now, the earthquake that hit the country on February 6th and its aftershocks wiped out monuments of world heritage and religious in the city, and historical sites throughout the region suffered. So the president and CEO of the World's Monument Fund said the earthquakes damaged structures spanning centuries and cultures from Roman forts to historic mosques to churches holy to a number of Christian denominations. The number of years uh, that it's going to take 
uh, is beyond their foreseeing. Yeah, yeah. That's you think about all of the ancient buildings yes. and obviously not well built. I've given the just because yeah, they're they're a old, thousand years yeah, old, and, and sure. stone and yeah. So yeah, it's a tough oh, loss. That's tough for sure. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. Oh, busy weekend ahead. Actually, this Saturday at 730, it's Catholic Medical Association Portland Guild Mass and a meeting. Monsignor O'Connor will celebrate Mass at the Cathedral at 730, then offer a Lenten reflection following the Mass. Also on Saturday, beginning at 8 a.m., is Together We Advocate annual Oregon Right to Life conference happening at Rolling Hills Community Church. Remember, you can find details on these and other events. Head over to the community calendar, materdayradio.com, and the Hail Mary media app. And Father Dan and Dina Marie return with our conversation on Lent right after the forecast. Support for Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbuybark.com or 503-645-6665. Please join me, Deacon Harold Burke Sivers, and other listeners of Modern Day E Radio as we pray an act of hope. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Oh my God, relying on your infinite mercy and promises, I hope to obtain pardon of my sins, the help of your grace, and everlasting life through the merits of Jesus Christ my Lord and Redeemer. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For more prayer resources, and to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit us at materdayradio.com and click prayer, or call our prayer hotline at 503-285-3737. That's 503-285-3737. Support for Matre Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Catholic Charities of Oregon, answering Pope Francis' call to charity. Since 1933, Catholic Charities has been putting faith into action by serving the poorest and most vulnerable in our community. Services promote life and help families thrive. Catholic Charities program information at catholiccharitiesoregon.org. This is Archbishop Alexander Sample of the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon, inviting you to join me for the Voice of the Shepherd. I always look forward to our time together to discuss issues that matter most to our families and to the church. Catch the Voice of the Shepherd with Portland Archbishop Alexander Sample and me, Dina Marie, your host, each Tuesday night at 7.30, Saturday afternoon at 3.30, and Sunday morning at 7.30 on Mater Day Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. 
742 here at Mater Day Radio. A little bit of a stormy day ahead. Winter storm warning remains over the Coast Range and Cascades also. Here in the valley, we could see stronger rain that could create a wintry mix, sticking snow at elevations above 500 feet. Now, as we move through the afternoon, temperatures only going to stay in the upper 30s. So here's where things could get difficult. Overnight, we get very cold as temperatures drop to the mid-20s. So we could have some icy conditions mm-hmm. for tomorrow morning's commute. But eventually on Wednesday, we've got a dry day and temperatures back up into the lower 40s. So hopefully yeah. that'll be enough to clear out any uh, remaining ice and snow. Yeah, so there is a winter storm warning in Eugene area until 1 this afternoon where it's 34 degrees. And it is 38 degrees at St. Cyril's Catholic Church in Wilsonville. This is Dina Marie, and I'm back with my conversation with Father Dan Petit, Franciscan Friar. We are reflecting on the Lenten season, just started talking about Ash Wednesday and really looking at the season through the eyes of St. Francis and the Franciscan spirituality. Father Dan, we talked a little bit about this um, being led into the desert, and we hear in the Gospels of Jesus being even drawn and and pushed, so to speak. But he's encountering. This is part of his his mission is to face again the devil. Um, but we in our own lives face the devil in terms of temptation and sin. Uh, this is part of the uh, the consequences of original sin. Let's talk a little bit about this original sin. This this temptation that we have, we like sin. It, we get we get some kind of satisfaction in many of the sins that we participate in, but we can also choose. God gives us the choice to love or to turn away from God. How did, how did St. Francis approach this, this temptation of sin and the sin that he experienced in his own life? Well, I think in the first 20 years of his life, of course, he so lamented. We don't know all the details of it, but he did lament his previous life because he was uh, very plugged into a life of sin early on his first 20 years. And then, of course, the last 26 years, he left the world, as the biographers say, and he never looked back. And I mean, even in death, he didn't look back. We don't have an incorrupt St. Francis. When they opened up his, his, his tomb in 1982, it was just dust and ashes. He was out of this world. I mean, he left it, you know. And um, the one of the ways he dealt with it, uh, we know this from the from the fact that they did bone analysis on some of his bones in his uh, in 1982, and they did find evidence for malnutrition. He was very strict with his body, and he would fast sometimes 40 days on nothing but water. And then he would take a bite out of a piece of bread on the 39th day so he wouldn't equal Jesus. Uh, I mean, and that's severe. And you do that maybe two, three, four times a year. And that that can really do a number on your human nature. And he did apologize later, though, at the end of his life to what he, he called his body brother ass, which sounds kind of bad, but. Uh, I like C.S. Lewis' comment on um, Francis calling his body brother ass. He he said, you know, if you think of an ass, if you overburden it, it's just going to shut down and sit there. And you can beat it, and it's not moving. It gets very stubborn. So you have to kind of cajole it. you got to learn to cultivate it and, you know, take good care of it, yes. And 
And I think that's something Francis was aware of too. You had to, you had to, um, it, it, it wasn't our, our human efforts. It was, it was the spirit of Christ. You fasted according to the spirit. In fact, you know, that's one of the other stories. When he got back from Syria, you know, he preached to the Sultan. When Francis got back from Syria, you know, he went down to Syria. They had a house there. He went over to Damietta, preached to the Sultan, and he was disappointed. He wasn't martyred, came back, and the brothers came and said, Francis, there's all kinds of trouble in Assisi. you got to come back. He gets back, and one of the things he discovered is the two brothers that he put in charge while he was away immediately instituted fasting laws for the brothers, like the monks, like the Benedictines. He got so upset with that, he said, you don't fast according to laws, you fast according to the spirit. It has to be done in charity uh, and not just following a rule, you know, like, and that was one of the things that gave us an insight into how Francis fasted. He fasted according to the Holy Spirit, who subdued his nature. It wasn't, uh, look at me, you know, I'm just fasting so much and, you know, that kind of thing. Right. Well, and I think we can get tempted to do just that. Well, if I follow these particular rules over here or the church asks me to do that, we're doing it because uh, it's part of a discipline rather than how am I loving how am I becoming more Christ-like? We may miss the point and and maybe waste that. I mean, nothing's wasted, but but our intentions may not be totally clear. Uh, how, how do we maybe focus more on, well, I don't want to check off all of the lists. I want right. to live more charitable, more Christ-like. And there's a temptation in our world to achieve, <laughs> achieve that Lenten fast. Right. Well, you know, uh, that's a really good point, uh, Dina Marie, because, you know, if you think in terms of the five foolish virgins coming in, coming to Christ, uh, he basically looked at them. They were virgins. And he said, I, I don't know you. I, I don't know you. And, and they stayed outside in the darkness and the wailing and the gnashing of teeth. They were virgins and they didn't get in, you know, because it's not what we do. What saves us, it's a relationship that saves us. And that's with the living God in Jesus Christ. That's what saves us. That's what transforms us. That's what reforms us and refashions us internally and makes us more loving. Like, like you say, we have to become more like Christ. And that's a work of God within us, you know, by the work of, by the grace of our baptism, confirmation, the Holy Eucharist the sacraments, uh, and yes, some of these things we do when God inspires us to fast, for example, or give alms or, you know, that kind of a thing. Right. Now, you mentioned, Father Dan, the Desert Fathers, the Desert Mothers going out into the wilderness. We have pilgrimages. We have retreats today. We have these opportunities for reflection. Where, where do they fall into us deepening that relationship with Christ, going on some of these, quote, religious um, journeys or retreats. Yeah, well, you know, the pilgrimage concept began when Islam took over the holy sites in the Holy Land. And so Christians weren't able to travel to those lands freely without some danger. And so what they began to do is they would take pilgrimages 
in Europe itself to various uh, churches or sites, for example, the St. James in Spain became a great pilgrimage site where people would go. And and what you would do is generally um, take up and leave everything behind and you just walk and you would fast and you would pray. And you were on a journey, kind of like Jesus with the apostles on their way to Calvary, you know, that sort of a thing. That was the idea of the pilgrimage. It was a, it wasn't a vacation, you know, we're going to go sightseeing. No, its purpose was prayer, fasting, and uh, of course, caring for the poor along the way. Right. And today there are opportunities for us. Uh, You've been to Our Lady of Peace Retreat House here in the Beaverton Mm -hmm. area, but there's opportunities to kind of stop the busyness of your day, maybe to take time out of your work week and to say, I need to dedicate some quiet time. Uh, Maybe just it's that adoration hour in the chapel that you just haven't done, but it's there. And Jesus is waiting for an encounter. Um, But it's our choice. We need to make those decisions to change our schedule, to have Christ in it more often. Yeah. You know, like he said, he said, like you, like the gospel says, you know, let your no mean no and your yes mean yes. Uh, Anything else is from the enemy, you know, like, uh, but please don't say no to me and then look at me with a sincere look like we're on we're on the same page. Uh, no, let your no mean no. And let's be honest about this and spend some time because it's, it's a relationship that's going to save us. Uh, it's not going to be our meager efforts. And yeah, uh, it's kind of like what I think a lot of us do is we go ready, fire, aim. And, and what you got to do is check into prayer and it's ready, aim okay you got to get your aim spend time with the lord what's he asking of you and then fire you know instead of getting it backwards um and you know francis uh as i mentioned earlier he had uh, there's two two 40 day periods that were required of the alder brothers but francis himself used to practice five of them in a year which meant out of 365 days, he was spending 200 of them in solitude and prayer, and then the rest of the time in the apostolate of preaching. But that's more than half of the year in solitude and prayer with Jesus, and that's where his fire came from, you know. And that priority to prayer instead of just heading out there and starting to do uh, is is like you say it's so important we become like the master and you do that by way of the relationship right father dan petit with us franciscan friar inviting us to take saint francis along on this lenten journey and as we come to a close father dan i guess your mm-hmm. invitation or maybe a suggestion you have for us to enter into this time of the lenten season and to observe it well yeah, my, my recommendation would be, um, instead of saying, ready, fire, aim, why don't you come before our Lord and say, okay, Lord, what would you like for me to do this Lent? I'm sure he has something to say to every one of us, and but we just need to hear it. Faith comes through hearing, Romans 10, 17. We need to hear it. So to tune in first and then step into Lent, I'm sure you'd have a very powerful Lent if you followed that. 
Absolutely. Well, we thank you so much for your time, Father Dan. We'll get you back in here during the Lenten season, help us get ready for that Easter feast. But first, let's have some time in prayer. Would you help us close with your prayer and priestly blessing? Sure. Let's pray in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, we pray for a generous portion of your Holy Spirit sent upon us by you and your Son, Jesus, whom we seek to follow. We pray that you will lead and guide us all in our observance this coming Lent through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. And may the blessed mighty God descend upon you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Father Dan. Have a blessed Lent. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Dina. It's good to be with you again. And it is 7.54 here at Mater Day Radio. As we know, this Lenten journey has begun. So many parishes and ministries out there are working to help you have a very holy Lenten season by providing mission evenings, even retreats that the community is invited to. If you are looking for a way to deepen your Lenten journey by attending one of these, Well, go to the community calendar. There we have listed so many things happening. One day missions or weekend retreats. You just pick what you need for your Lenten journey and the details are all right there. And if your ministry or parish is offering an event that you would like to invite the community to attend, well, please let Mater Day Radio know. We'll get it on the community calendar. You can find more information at materdayradio.com. You can also access that calendar on the Hail Mary media app. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Bringing souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. This is Modern Day Radio, KBBM Portland, Salem, Vancouver, KMME Cottage Grove, Eugene, Springfield, Translator K235BF, Eugene, and streaming at moderndayradio.com. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including the Portland Division of the World Apostolate of Fatima. WAF is the only Fatima organization worldwide to speak in the name and with the authority of the Church on Fatima. The World Apostolate of Fatima promotes the faithful message of Fatima, including praying the rosary daily and practicing the first Saturday devotion. WAF information can be found at bluearmy.com. Is God calling you to do something different with your life? Join Mater Day Radio's team as our new grant writer. Shape the future of Catholic media through this dynamic part-time position, offering you competitive pay and an exciting opportunity for remote work with flexible hours to suit your schedule. Get more details on the grant writer position and how to apply at materdayradio.com. That's materdayradio.com to join us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life at Mater Day Radio. The Morning Blend. It's a cup of joy with David and Brenda on Mater Day Radio. It is 7.57 at Mater Day Radio and another earthquake strikes Turkey. We'll have the latest in the news. And will a bullet train soon be able to take Portlanders to Vancouver, B.C. in a couple of hours? We'll have the latest on that coming up right after 
Awaken the Saint. Hey everyone, I'm Sophia with Awaken Catholic and this is Awaken the Saint. Thank you for everything were the final words of Blessed Carlo Nocchi in 1956 as he took his final breath. All of his life to this point had been dedicated to God and caring for his children who had been tragically affected by two world wars, both directly and indirectly. Father Carlos saw what he described as the total nakedness of man as they were threatened by pure evil that was beyond their control. He himself was almost overcome by the evils of this world, but God wasn't done with him yet. Before I get ahead of myself, I'm gonna backtrack to earlier in his life. By the time Carlo was ordained a priest in 1924, he knew loss. He lost his father and both brothers early on in illness. And by 1939, he lost his mother whom he dearly loved. Throughout it all, he followed his passion in educating the youth to bring them closer to the love of the father. He became so well known that he was appointed the spiritual director of the Gonzaga Institute by the Cardinal Archbishop of Milan. From there, Father Carlo was tasked with his most difficult assignment yet, to serve as chaplain of the Alpine Division during the Russian front. These men were trained to specifically fight in the crucial climates of the mountainous region, and the mountains themselves can be quite unforgiving. Barely surviving frostbite in the warfare, Father Carlo collected the last wishes of his dying fellow soldiers and set out across Italy to deliver those messages to their family members. While traveling, he joined an association that aided refugees, allied prisoners of war, and the Jews fleeing to Switzerland, where they would be safe from the war. Father Carlo began writing commentary in illegal magazines like Il Rebelle and the Diocesan Italia. He was arrested a number of times for his writings, but was quickly released on the intervention of the Archbishop of Milan. He also founded various foundations for children most affected by the war efforts, which included orphans and those mutilated by polio and other extreme diseases. He became a father figure to the children he served, and he cared for each of them until his death from cancer in 1956. But he still lived on in their hearts, and they knew he was on his way to our Heavenly Father. Because Father Carlo was an organ donor, his corneas were donated to two young blind individuals, and miraculously, their eyesight was restored. He continued to serve the youth even after his death. We don't know how God will work through the pain we experience, but we can rest assured knowing that evil is only permitted in the world, both natural and moral, because God will make good come out of it. Blessed Carlo changed the lives of so many individuals, despite the horrors and loss he himself endured, and we're all called to respond in the same way, to serve as a beacon of hope to our suffering brothers and sisters. Blessed Carlo Noki, pray for us. Thank you for tuning in to Awaken the Saint. Awaken the Saint is a three-minute daily reflection that unpacks the lives of the saints with practical messages for everyday life. And that is Awaken the Saint. For more information about the saints or for Lenten resources, please download our free Hail Mary media app. Details at materdayradio.com. And in your news, former President George W. Bush marked the 20th anniversary of the PEPFAR program at a February 24th event at the nation's capital, casting the program as an example of the global leadership that the United States can provide. Now, PEPFAR, the U.S. President's Emergency Plan for AIDS Relief, 
offered by Congress and Bush in 2003 is the U.S. government's global effort to combat HIV AIDS. The program is the largest global health program devoted to a single disease. And it is credited with saving 25 million lives and scaling back the epidemic spread. Now, the program in part distributes anti uh, virals in countries where as many as one third of adults were impacted. Both the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops and its Overseas Release and Development Agency Catholic Relief Services back the program's life-saving efforts. Well, a 5.2 magnitude earthquake struck southern Turkey on Monday, killing at least one person and trapping others in collapsed buildings. Three weeks after a devastating quake struck the same region, leaving more than 50,000 people dead in the country and in neighboring Syria. Now, the latest quake struck just after noon on Monday south of the city of Malatya, according to the United States Geological Survey. The head of Turkey's emergency response agency said that at least one person had been killed and 69 injured in the latest quake. He urged people in the affected region not to enter damaged buildings for fear of aftershocks or further collapses. The agency said that 29 buildings in Malatya had collapsed and that five people had been rescued from the rubble. Rescuers were also searching for survivors from seven other buildings. The Tembler on Monday was the latest to shake the fault-crossed region since the powerful 7.8 magnitude quake on February 6, which was followed by a powerful aftershock hours later. Boy, just... Uh, they so just cannot settle mm, that region. No. Boy, it is hard. Well, state lawmakers from the Willamette Valley are worried destinations south of Portland are being left behind in the planning for a future Cascadia bullet train. A bill introduced in the Oregon legislature would require Oregon to insist that the envisioned Portland to Seattle to Vancouver, B.C. bullet train include services all the way to Eugene. Now, Washington's Transportation Department, in partnership with Oregon and B.C., is preparing to apply this spring for more than half a billion dollars in federal funding to make the Vancouver through Seattle to Portland ultra-high-speed train shovel-ready. Now, project supporters envision a train with a top speed of at least 250 miles per hour operating on a dedicated track. Now, that could whisk travelers from Vancouver, B.C. to Seattle in one hour and from Seattle to Portland in another hour. The argument against extending the bullet train to Salem, Albany and Eugene is that the ridership south of Portland would be insufficient to justify the extra cost. Now, a feasibility study completed in 2017 pegged the cost of building a Vancouver, Seattle, Portland bullet train between $24 billion and $42 billion, depending on how much tunneling is involved. Hmm. So get on in Portland, <laughs> uh, have one stop in Seattle, and then we'll get off in Vancouver, B.C. in two hours. Yeah. Would you do that? Uh, yeah, that'd be awesome. 100%. Sign me yeah, up. I'll do cool. it. Well, an aerial view of a volcano, a shot from inside a damaged building in Ukraine, and a portrait of a dog are among the best images taken globally in the past year, according to judges of the prestigious Sony World Photography Awards. Entries and finalists were unveiled on Tuesday by the World Photography Organization that had to choose from over 
400,000 submissions from around the globe. The categories include portrait, sport, landscape, and environment, panel of judges comprising curators, museum figures, and photo editors based its decisions both on the entrant's technical skill and whether they demonstrated an original approach to storytelling. Now, the selected images were shot by photographers hailing from over 30 countries in locations ranging from an abandoned cement factory in China to a fish market in Somalia. The winners will be announced on April 15th. Isn't that uh, cool? That is really neat. Yeah. Just, you think about photographs and, and what you see and and different Pulitzer Prize winning types of, of articles mm-hmm. and pictures. There is an emotional response. Oh, yeah. To things that are beautiful like that. Even if the image itself is tragic. Yeah. It, it, it still kind of brings out in you that, that emotion. We were talking about that earlier. The one photograph that you had brought up. Uh, back in, I think it was maybe New York where they're building the skyscrapers right? and the guys are eating lunch. On one of the cross beams, um, yeah. just hanging, hanging out. out of, the, yeah. I, I, you get kind of unnerved yeah. just seeing it. Just looking at that photograph. Just looking at a yeah. photo. Gets your stomach. You pointed out that beautiful National Geographic yes. picture of the woman with those striking blue eyes. Right. That another iconic photograph. So yeah, I'd like to look at some of these winners because yeah, again, just amazing photographs. Well, 20 people were arrested over an eight-hour shoplifting detail that involved multiple law enforcement agencies in Clackamas County, the fourth such operation in the county since October. Now, the detail on February 24th not only led to 20 arrests, authorities said they cleared six outstanding arrest warrants and recovered more than $3,700 in goods stolen from retailers. The Clackamas County Sheriff's Office worked with investigators from Tigard, Milwaukee, Lake Oswego, and Camby. Now, previous shoplifting details took place on October 27th, December 6th, and January 18th. So I actually experienced that before where I was walking through a parking lot yeah. and a, a, and somebody came running out of the store with armfuls of of clothes, Isn't that with amazing? hangers and yeah. everything and just threw it in the back of the truck and and I you, you right, like wait. go wait am I really seeing this yeah yeah mm. in sports University of Portland women's basketball team has wrapped up play in the West Coast Conference they did so with a victory last night at BYU in Utah the final 61 to 49 gave the pilots a team record 15 conference wins They only lost three times in WCC play and had an overall record of 21-8. and Now Portland heads to Las Vegas for the conference tournament. As a second seed, the Pilots have a bye until the semifinals. Their game will be next Monday, March 6th at 2.30 in the afternoon. Tournament is taking place at Orleans Arena in Las Vegas. So congratulations. Great season for the University of Portland women's basketball team. Love to see what's coming up next. Mm -hmm. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. And this Saturday, beginning at 10.30 a.m., is a talk on the integration of faith and science at Mount Angel Abbey. 
Now, the Mount Angel Institute invites all to talks by doctors Steve and Shannon Mayer, the science professors at the University of Portland. The aim of this talk is to explore through personal reflections and examples from modern science, a thoughtful integration of science and faith. And remember, you can find details on these and other events. Head over to the community calendar at materdayradio.com and also access it on the Hail Mary media app. You know, speaking of the University of Portland women's basketball team, my on-the-go podcast, if you go back, I have an interview with their head coach, Michael Meek. Oh, fantastic. He's done a, just an incredible job for the team, so you can go back and take a listen to that, too, and uh, hear how they got ready for the season. Hey, we have a homily highlight coming up with Monsignor John Syak, Christ the King Parish, Milwaukee, right after the forecast. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. Support from Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Blessings from Heaven, the peaceful place to shop for all things Catholic. Blessings from Heaven has a variety of gifts for all occasions and many other Catholic items to choose from. Located on the corner of 3rd and Southwest Tucker Avenue in Beaverton, Blessings from Heaven is open Tuesday through Saturday. For more information, call 503-644-1814. Prayer is one of the three pillars of Lent, and Matrade Radio is ready to offer up your special intentions during this holy season. Our committed team of prayer warriors wants to hear from you by clicking Pray on the Hail Mary Media app or matradayradio.com. Call them directly with your request at 503-285-3737. That's 503-285-3737. You can keep praying with Mater Day Radio during Lent through our daily broadcast of the celebration of Holy Mass, the mysteries of the Rosary, and the Chaplet of Divine Mercy. Plus, their stirring Lenten reflections, special features on the morning blend, and the Stations of the Cross of our Lord's Passion at 7 o'clock on Friday nights. Pray your way through Lent into Easter with the Hail Mary Media app and Mater Day Radio leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. And it is 812 at Mater Day Radio. Well, we see a little snow falling right now here in the greater Portland area. Down in Salem, winter storm warning. Wow. They're getting a little bit more snow down in the capital city today. There is a chance of flurries again throughout the afternoon. We'll have a high of around 37, 38 degrees here in Portland. Then chilly overnight tonight. It clears off a little bit, low of 28. Wow. Well, currently it is 39 degrees at Sacred Heart Catholic Church up in Battleground, Washington. And 32 degrees at St. Vincent's Church in Salem. Need a recap of Sunday's readings? It's time for Homily Highlights on Mater Day Radio. And today's homily highlight is from Monsignor John Syak, pastor at Christ the King Church in Milwaukee. So what's your most frequent temptation? Don't say it out loud. <laughs> right, just think about it. What is the most recurring one? The one that always 
that we have to struggle with the most. And it could be more than one. But just call it to mind. What is it? Is it gossip? Just can't help complaining about that other person? Overindulgence in food or drink or video games or social media? Sexual sin? What is it? And do you, do you notice how it starts where it usually, when it usually arrives? Usually at a time of vulnerability. It could be tired, lonely, hungry, angry, sad, anxious. Often hit, hitting into one of those wounds in our soul. Now temptation isn't sin. It's the invitation to sin. And temptation often presents itself as a suggestion to numb the pain with a sinful act in a way that the only way to assuage that pain is through sin, to make it feel better. But of course, as we know, it doesn't work. Now with that in mind, now let's look at what Jesus is doing. Why is Jesus in the desert? The desert is a place where the comfort and the security and the pretenses are all kind of stripped away, getting down to what really matters. He is praying and fasting to prepare for his public ministry in saving the world, which is about to begin. And those 40 days and 40 nights of the Lord's fast reminds us of what? 40 days and 40 nights of rain with the time of Noah and the washing away of the evil from the world. The 40 days and 40 nights that Moses fasted on, on Mount Sinai before receiving the saving commandments of the law. The 40 days, uh, the 40 years of the Israelites journeying, wandering in the desert to prepare them to enter the promised land. Something big is going on here. In all this, the Lord is inviting us to train with him, spiritual training. Lent reminds us of the spiritual battle that is always going on over our souls. So Lent is a 40-day spiritual retreat or training to train with Jesus, to be with him in order to overcome the temptations that come our way from the enemy. How do we know, here's a good question, how do we know anything about this story? There are no eyewitnesses of what happened here. You think about it. It's kind of like the Garden of Gethsemane. How do we know that anything would happen in the Garden of Gethsemane, right? They, they were all asleep. It's because the Lord told them afterwards. You need to know what I did in the desert. I want you to know what I did in the desert. This is really important. He is here to do battle with our enemy. His enemy, our enemy. He is God from all eternity, but now he is also here as man to undo what Adam and Eve did in the Garden of Eden. Satan tempted Adam and Eve to sin and prevailed. Now he tries to get Jesus to sin and fails. And in these three temptations, our Savior overcomes 
any and all temptation. That all temptation, all sin can be classified in, in those three temptations. And you notice, you may have noticed that his response to the evil one in, all, in these three temptations comes from the book of Deuteronomy, of the, of the culmination of the giving of the law at, at Mount Sinai, bringing it to fulfillment in him. So the first temptation, it's usually named the temptation to lust or the flesh. That is the temptation to use his powers to turn a stone into bread, to satiate his body, which is hungry. And in that temptation is what? God's not going to take care of you. You need to do something about that. It's always on the pattern of the first sin. That somehow God is not trustworthy. He's not going to take, he's not going to meet your needs. He's not going to give you anything. You're going to need to take and get what you can for yourself. That's the dynamic of all sin. To distrust that God is good. You know, we've been given powers. To obey God and his will or to obey our own will and to satisfy our own desires. When our own will conflicts with God's will, what do we say? Thy will be done, or my will be done. Temptation always has the character of, you need to take things into your own hands. You need to start doing some ungodly self-reliance is what you need to do. Not trusting that God will provide every good thing and more than we could ever ask for or imagine. The human person does not live on bread alone or simply in the satisfaction of bodily desires or appetites. We thrive on every word that comes from the mouth of God. And ultimately, Jesus gives us the true living bread, doesn't he? his own body and blood in the Eucharist, through which he communicates his very self and eternal life. Second temptation. We could consider it as vanity or the world. Wow the crowds by do some, doing something spectacular. And Dr. Peter Kreft, who's a convert to the faith, uh, when he comments on this, he's a... He's a, a philosophy professor at Boston College. In fact, in my Path of Wisdom class in the school, I use a lot of his material. Here's what he says. He says, Jesus doesn't use his power to convince the whole world because he wanted to leave us the free choice to believe or not to believe. The devil offers an even more subtle temptation here uh, to tempt him out of a false sense of compassion. Just give the people what they want a miraculous proof that can't be disputed or disbelieved. But Jesus didn't come to win a popularity contest. He came to win our hearts and to win our love. And love that is not freely given is not love. Compelled love is a false love. Third temptation, pride or the devil. 
And here the devil stumbles out into full view. Worship me. You know, if we don't worship God, we will worship something else. And at the bottom of that something else is the devil, our enemy. The whole thing about being human is worship. It comes down to worshiping in the right way to worship the one true God or to worship something else, some form of false worship. So what are our idols? And this is a hard question. This can get way down deep into the soul. What do I choose instead of coming to Mass every Sunday and Holy Day? That's an idol. What do I choose instead of prayer or helping others in need? That's an idol. That is a place in our soul where we are engaged in false worship. And so how do we overcome these temptations and any temptation? Stay close to Jesus. Be with Jesus. Abide with Jesus. Gazing upon the face of Jesus, allowing his gaze to fall upon us. Being with him, spending time with him, listening to him, speaking from our hearts to him. Deepening that intimate relationship with him. Because he is God and man and he has overcome all temptation. And he wants to and he delights in conquering temptation in us. He loves it. He loves doing it. And doing it together with us. And this kind of points to one of the pillars of Lent. That pillar of prayer. Prayer is how we resist and overcome temptation. And one of the great prayers of the, of the church and that we do here at Christ the King is the prayer of adoration, of Eucharistic adoration, of being in the presence, the true, real presence of Jesus Christ himself, to gaze upon him, to be gazed upon by him. Even in times we don't even need words or anything, just to be in his presence. So we are a Eucharistic parish. We are centered around him, truly present among us. And that is today's homily highlight from Monsignor John Syak, pastor at Christ the King Church in Milwaukee. Support for Matre Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, family dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Facing difficult problems in your marriage. Oregon Retrovi is a lifeline to married couples helping them restore their marriage and rebuild a loving relationship. Catholic in origin, this Christian marriage program is open to all married couples, no matter what age, walk of life, faith, or ethnic background. Oregon Retrovi is a practical program to improve communication, build stronger marriages, and help couples reconnect. 
Presenters are not trained marriage counselors, but rather couples sharing their personal stories and the tools that they use to rediscover their love. Begin your journey to healing. All it takes is a decision to find out more. Go to helpourmarriage.org and start the process today. That's helpourmarriage.org to learn more about this transformational program. Oregon Retrovi, a lifeline for married couples. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Mount Hood Hospice. For more than 40 years, Mount Hood Hospice has been serving those in their final stages of life with loving care in East Multnomah and Clackamas counties. With a compassionate medical and spiritual support team, hospice services are provided wherever the patient lives. With the top listing on Medicare's Care Compare, information online at mounthoodhospice.org. Are you searching for stories of how God is transforming lives in profound and creative ways? Do you want to be inspired to join the mission of evangelization? I'm Miriam Marston, host of Blazing the Trail, and each week through interviews, scripture, and song, we explore what it looks like to share the gospel with courage and hope. Please join me on Wednesdays and Sundays at 7.30 p.m. right here on Mater Dei Radio or anytime on materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary media app. Lattes and cappuccinos may be tasty, but it's the morning blend with David and Brenda that will get your day started right on Mater Dei Radio. It is 8.26 at Mater Dei Radio, and the winter weather continues. We'll have the details in the news. And a budget breakdown is released showing exactly how much money and where the cost will be in replacing that I-5 bridge. I'll have that story for you, plus more after Lenten music by Matt Marr. Here is Abide With Me. I have a home, eternal home. But for now, I walk this broken world You walked it first You know our pain But you show hope can rise again up from the grave Abide with me
weep no more and sing for joy. Abide with me. Weep no more, sing for joy. Abide with. That is Lenten music from Matt Marr and Abide With Me. It's 8.30 right here at Mater Day Radio. And in your news this morning, as we reach the end of February and turn the corner to spring, which begins, by the way, March 20th. That's uh, 20 days away. That's 20, 20 days away. Well, as we look at snow yes, falling out the window. Exactly. And that's my point. Winter is just not going to give up. More snow showers are in the forecast today with winter weather advisories posted throughout the Willamette Valley in southwest Washington. I should say winter weather warnings down in the Salem-Eugene area this morning. They're getting a little bit more snow. But we are not alone. Nearly 50 million people across the Northeast are under winter weather alerts today. As a storm that brought tornadoes and damaging winds to the central U.S. sweeps into the region, Boston and New York City are on track for their biggest snow events of an unusually warm winter. With four to six inches of snow and ice expected in New York City, Boston is experiencing up to four inches of snow through tonight, which would be its biggest snowfall of the season. Wow. So we think about us here. We're on track. I saw this yesterday. We're on track if we get a, just a little bit more snow accumulating to have like the snowiest February of all time. Ever. Yeah. That's ever. incredible. Yeah, so kind of shows you the differences across the country. Uh, more than 212,000 homes and businesses across the U.S. were without power this morning. So, yeah, kind of winter all across the all across the country. Although there is some warm weather down south. We, we were talking to Curtis yesterday in Florida, and he yeah. was like, what, 78? 78, 78 he said it was when he went to Ash Wednesday Mass. Yeah, that's okay. nice. Yeah. nice. Good for him. <laughs> well, Father Kirill Gorbanov, who is the Vicar General of the Roman Catholic Archdiocese of the Mother of God in Moscow, said that the majority of the people are suffering and that after a year of war with Ukraine, there is no foreseeable solution. Now, according to the priest who comes to him for spiritual guidance, well, they fear an uncertain future disillusionment and anger towards those they believe to be responsible for the current situation, sometimes also towards God and the church. And in addition, he said there is suffering because of conflicts between colleagues, friends, and relatives due to different political points of view. Now, Gorbanov noted that there are very many Russian-Ukrainian mixed families, and even more so in the Catholic Church. And in many of them, people have found themselves on opposite sides of the front. Now, Gorbanov stressed that the bishops have united our faithful to pray and fast for peace. 
The spokesman for the Rush in Rome and Catholic Archdiocese also recognized the importance of Pope Francis' consecration of Russia and Ukraine to the Immaculate Heart of Mary on March 25, 2022. Well, a murder suspect is back in custody after he ran from the Washington County Courthouse in Hillsborough during his trial on Monday, according to the Washington County Sheriff's Office. Eddie Villalobos was arrested in 2021 on the charge of murder after stabbing and killing a relative, as well as stabbing an unrelated man and leading police on a pursuit that lasted hours. On Monday, Villalobos was in the Washington County Courthouse for a trial related to the numerous charges from the incident. Sheriff's Office said late Monday morning that Villalobos somehow ran out of the courthouse. After more than a two-hour manhunt, Villalobos was taken into custody. TriMet said the Max line was interrupted during the search but later resumed once Villalobos was captured. Well, the Interstate Bridge Replacement Program released a cost breakdown for its 5 to $7.5 billion project and with it, a clear image of what the project will look like and how it could affect Vancouver and Portland. The Columbian reports the biggest chunk with an estimated price tag between $1.6 and $2.4 billion will go towards the replacement of the bridge itself. The remaining money will be spent on transit investments scheduled to cost between $1.3 and $1.9 billion. And on Oregon and Washington interchanges, roadways, and shared youth paths. Now, an estimated $1 billion to $1.5 billion for work in Oregon and $990 million to $1.5 billion for work in Washington. Now, although the cost breakdown did not identify which funding source will cover each aspect of the project, Assistant Program Director Frank Green said that most of the $1.3 billion to $2 billion in transit investments will be covered by the federal funds. All right. I just had a great idea. Oh, let's hear it. I love great ideas. So they should tie this project in with the bullet train. Wouldn't that be amazing? See? Look at that. There you go. Because in your last report, you said the bullet train was going to cost like what? $25 billion. It was a a lot. So you tie it in with the bridge construction, huh? There you go. David, you need a seat on this council. Put me on there. If we if we did, I'd be going for the tunnel. Remember, go for the told, go underneath. I was going underneath the whole time. In sports, the Portland Timbers opened up their regular season with a home win last night at a chilly Providence Park, defeating Sporting Kansas City one nil. Match took a little longer to play as it was originally scheduled for this past Saturday. But a snow-covered pitch pushed the game to last night, so they did get it in. This is the 13th MLS season for the Timbers, who have a contest this Saturday at Los Angeles FC. And the Portland Trailblazers back in action tonight down in the Bay Area to face the Golden State Warriors. So what I'm looking forward to, seeing Damian Lillard back on the court tonight. So in his game against Houston this past Sunday, of course, he scored the franchise record 71 points. So my question to you is, Uh how, how many points... Is Damian Lillard going to score tonight? Uh, let's see, 71. 71 on Sunday. What well, record? Okay. I don't think, well, you know, records are meant to be broken. He'll he'll score uh, 72. <laughs> okay. You're going to stick with that? No. <laughs> I think he, uh, can, hey, he, he can ease he could. off a little bit. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well. Who, scored, who holds the record for that? I have a thought in my head as to who's... 
who has the highest number of points scored in a basketball game ever? That would be, I believe, Wilt Chamberlain. Yeah. He had 100, was it 100, 101? Something like that. I'll look yeah. it up. But yeah, he had over 100. I think that's, uh, I, yeah. I that was the, the name in my head yeah. also. So, boy, that's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> that's unbelievable. That's basically all the points in a game. Yeah, no doubt. Well, ancient Antioch is a privileged religious pilgrimage destination and one of the earliest cradles of Christianity, the prominent capital of the Roman Empire, modern day Antakya is one of the cities left most devastated by recent earthquakes that killed tens of thousands in Turkey and Syria, according to NPR. Now, built around 300 B.C. in southern Turkey, the city was once called the Rome of the East. In fact, tradition holds that St. Peter himself was a bishop of Antioch years before becoming the first bishop of Rome. He would have stayed there for about seven years. Although the city has survived several earthquakes in the past, the latest, well, they were different. The Turkish military vehicles on patrol to keep the peace roll past entire streets, reduced to rubble, bodies still believed to be under the debris. The earthquake that hit the country on February 6th and its aftershocks wiped out monuments of world heritage and religion in the city. Historical sites throughout the region suffered. The president and CEO of the World Monuments Fund told NPR that Earthquakes damaged structures spanning centuries and cultures from Roman forts to historic mosques and churches holy to a number of Christian denominations. They have no doubt that the heritage lost in these tragic events will take years to repair and that will need a large international mobilization to support the local efforts. You know, you think about this, the you know, the the bed of Christianity that lies there. Yeah. And uh, so important to repair those holy sites. Mm-hmm. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. Well, here's a wonderful event to add to your calendar on March 10th, 6.30 p.m. St. John the Apostle Catholic Church Mission with John Edwards. Now this parish mission features John Edwards, founder of Pew Ministries. It's actually on March 10th and 11th at St. John the Apostle Catholic Church. Free will offering will happen in place of tickets. And remember, you can find details on these and other events. Head over to the community calendar, materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app. So Will Chamberlain, it is. Exactly 100 points. 100 points. Against, it was, he was with the Philadelphia Warriors at the time. Okay. And he did that against the New York Knicks. Here's what's kind of ironic. It happened on March 2nd. Oh, really? Yeah. What year? 1962. 1962. I just don't even remember that. <laughs> yes, I don't either. Well, coming up, we got a Tech Tuesday coming at you. Sari Kenji joining us right after the weather. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. Christopher Minutes, thoughts on making every day count. I'm Tony Rossi. 
When Father James Keller founded the Christophers in 1945, he chose as our prayer the beautiful words attributed to Francis of Assisi. I'd like to share them with you now. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. And where there is sadness, joy. O Divine Master, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love, for it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen. This message was brought to you by the Christophers. Thanks for listening, and remember that it's better to light one candle than to curse the darkness. Support from Matcha Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including the Jade Bistro and Patisserie, located on Southeast 13th in Portland's Selwood neighborhood. The Jade Bistro is family-run, serving Vietnamese and Thai cuisine with influences from France and Laos. French pastries are available daily, open Monday through Saturday, 11 a.m. to 9 p.m. Information can be found online at jadeportland.com. What do the famous Batmobile, Love Bug, and Mystery Machine have in common? They were all given to Mater Day Radio's vehicle donation program. Well, not really, but they could have been, and you could do the same. If you have a car, truck, van, RV, or boat that you no longer need, consider donating it to Mater Day Radio. It's quick and easy, and a likely tax deduction for you. And you'll be supporting uplifting Catholic radio programs. Information on our website at materdayradio.com. And it is 8.43 at Mater Day Radio. You know, we got weather coming up, but before the weather, I'd like to take, take it to our new traffic reporter, Sarah Kenzie, who's with us, who just drove in, has been on the streets, covering the streets this morning. <laughs> Sarah, how is it out there? Um, the way I took wasn't too bad. I kind of took some uh, some back roads and... Uh, it wasn't too bad, but there was a little bit of traffic on I-5 and 26, uh, so I avoided that route. All right. Very good. Sarah <laughs> will have traffic reports on the 8s as we return. <laughs> we just like the big guys. I like that. <laughs> that that's right. Uh, it is going to be a little snowy this morning. Snow flurries out there. High of 37 degrees, although Salem, Eugene, they've been getting hit a little harder. Salem in particular, looking at the road cams earlier this morning with snowfall down there in the capital city. There's a winter weather advisor, or actually winter weather warning down there this morning. So, And that's until, I believe, midday. So if you're down in the capital city, a little more dicey this morning. Going to clear off overnight tonight, low down to 28. And then looks like maybe Wednesday, one of the drier days with a high of 43. Currently, it is 38 degrees at the Proto-Cathedral of St. James the Greater. And it is 37 degrees right here at your Mater Dei Radio studios. Well, as we look out the window here at Mater Dei Radio, we're up on Sylvan Hill. Uh, that's the exit that we all take to get to the studio. Mm -hmm. It The flurries are coming down. They are I mean, pretty and, good and, right and now. They're coming down pretty good right now. So we're glad that Sarah was able to make it in. Although, Sarah, you said as you were uh, coming in during the break, you're done. 
I'm done. Snow. I'm done. Well, after you were shoveling the snow in our parking lot yesterday, I would imagine that, yeah, you don't want to have to do that again. Thank you very much for doing that. Oh, you're welcome. I, I just, you know, I lived in the Midwest for a while um, and I moved back to Oregon. And, you know, th- this is not supposed to happen here. <laughs> no, but what I love about you, Sarah, is that with all of your experience, you travel with a snow shovel in the back of I your do. car for emergencies. <laughs> I, that's perfect. Well, and you know, with her high-tech knowledge, <laughs> having that shovel in the back there, you know, it just goes right hand in hand. Right exactly. hand in hand. Well, it is a Tech Tuesday. It's the last Tuesday of February. It's also the last day of February, in fact. That means that there's going to be a great email from Mater Day Radio coming to you this afternoon. Sarah joining us to give us a little bit of a preview What's going to be in that highlight email? Well, this is the first interview that's in there. You add from Morning Blend. These are always some of my favorite interviews when Ashley Mishikay joins us. David and Ashley together have kind of helped me straighten out some of my thought about finances. Tell our listeners more. Right. So I agree with you. I, I really love these interviews with Ashley. Um, and in this in this installment, Ashley gives uh, three financial steps that we should all be taking uh, before we retire. So, I mean, I'm still several years away from that, but I, I got I get so much from from these interviews as well. And some of Ashley's advice in this um, particular episode are things I can start doing right now. I can I can look at my you know, my budget and my income and, and decide, you know, what what do I need to do to set myself up, you know, for the future. And um, she, she has a great way of explaining things, you know, in a very clear way without making you panic, <laughs> which I yeah. really appreciate. That's it. It's kind of like, okay, well, you're not where you maybe want to be, but okay, you can get there, you know, take a first step and, and kind of work your way toward that goal. So I, I love these interviews with Ashley and, and David. And uh, so this is a great one to listen to if, if you kind of just want to make sure you're on the right track for retirement. Sarah, at your young age, if you just put $100 <laughs> away a month with yeah. compound interest. <laughs> that's it. Look out. You get, learned something, yeah, David. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> get your money to work for you instead of you working for money. That's, that's right. the way to do it. There you and, go. And you always think about that, too. If I'd have just started early, if just to so go back to, you know, 25-year-old self. Oh, you yeah. You go back and, and tell them just that. Without fail, put $100 away every single month. You'd be set in retirement years. Yeah, listening to Ashley, too, she's just got such so many great tips about mm-hmm. finances and your money. So, yeah, definitely take a listen to the interview if you get a chance. Well, with all that money you save, maybe that'll allow you an opportunity to go on a vacation, maybe do a little road tripping. You know, Deacon Scott and I talked about that in our last episode of View from the Pew. And our tour guide? Well, she's going to get us on all of the great Marian sites here in the uh, the U.S. So tell us more. That's right. So the next uh, thing that we'll be featuring in the email is the latest episode of View from the Pew. Um, and yes, your your guest this week was Marian Amberg, and she wrote a new book called Mary's Miracles, A Traveler's Guide to Catholic America. And I believe she previously had another book about traveling through America and seeing the Catholic sites. But I love in this interview how she said, 
there was just so so many Marian shrines across the country. And and so she wrote a whole new book just dedicated to that. And um, so it's really about, you know, how can you find those places um, in the United States that you can go to on a road trip with your family um, that have, you know, a particular Marian devotion. And there's so many um you know, powerful places throughout the country. We talked about, you know, the shrine in Wisconsin. We talked about the grotto here in Portland. Uh, one that we that you didn't mention in your interview, but I know is in the book, is Cary, Ohio, um, which is, has a wonderful uh, basilica um, to Our Lady as well um, that I've been to many times. And uh, it's just a great way to kind of plug in, you know, those stops, even if you're on a different road trip. And I, I love that uh, Scott brought that up, you know, when he's traveling and, and just wants to, you know, find a, find a new church. And, um, and you both talked about that. Um, but you can kind of infuse any of your travels with a little bit of a pilgrimage, or you can plan a, a whole pilgrimage, um, like it sounds the two of you might do in the future. <laughs> oh, we would love to do that. Also, if you listen to the episode, you find out when things don't always go exactly That's as right. planned when you're on a, a, a road trip like that. And we did a recent road trip with the family and uh, we didn't go too far, but we'll just say the exit was not as smooth as we had <laughs> hoped it would be. And, you know, View from the Pew, we hope to bring just real life situations yeah, that every family goes through. Somebody get a little testy? Uh, maybe just a little <laughs> bit. Maybe his halo was a little tarnished that morning. Uh, joining us today, Sarah Kenzie. She's the digital media manager here at Mater Day Radio. Got a Tech Tuesday for you this afternoon, an email that is coming, and uh, Sarah's given us a bit of a preview. Well, Sarah, in his Lenten message for our Archdiocese, our Archbishop Alexander Sample talked about this novena that has meant so much to him, and he's encouraged all of us to pray this novena with him. Tell our listeners about the Surrender Novena and how they can access it. That's right. So um, I know many of our listeners will be familiar um, with uh, the Surrender Novena that we offer on the Hail Mary Media app. So this is a really easy way. Um, I believe we're about halfway through maybe the um saying the novena with archbishop uh, maybe a little more than halfway um, but this is a great tool that you can use in praying um, if you go to the hail mary media app and just go to the pray section uh, you can find this novena under uh, text audio or video um, and so there, it's, it's so powerful and, and i've i've gotten so much out of praying with this um, novena and um, i like I, I love uh, Monsignor O'Connor's advice that I've I really taken to heart as well is is just keep praying this like right. like it doesn't need to just be one time it's like you can you can do this like just one a day and just keep going over and over uh, we have a recording in here it was actually a suggestion of one of our board members where all the days are in one in one um, audio file so sometimes for me it's just helpful to hit play and just and listen just... and and just you know use use that prayer to really calm myself and and surrender whatever's going on in my life um, to the Lord and and really find peace that way with all of the resources in that Hail Mary media app it is just such an amazing tool for Catholics not only right here in our archdiocese because there's so much local content there but you know, for around the country, people continue to use that. We heard Deborah use the app when she was on her recent vacation. Uh, there are many best things about it, but the thing that many people should appreciate, though, is the cost of it. Oh, right. That's right. It's completely free. 
Yeah, it's absolutely free. No ads. Don't have to renew anything. Just download it once and start using it. And what did you say yesterday? We're getting close. We're approaching 2,000? We're almost to 2,000. I'd love to hit that number maybe next week. So if you're listening and you haven't downloaded it, just go to your app store, search Hail Mary Media, and you can help us uh, cross that 2,000 mark. You know what's going to get it over the top, don't you? What's that? A video of your snow sh- shoveling tips. Oh. Uh, oh. How about Should that? Should we add that? <laughs> <laughs> that would be something. I'll consider I would look it. at that video. <laughs> uh, well, Sarah, thanks so much. We appreciate it. We look forward to the email this afternoon. Thank you very much. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including the Tara Umara Children's Hospital Fund of Oregon. The TCHF has a 20-year history that is now focusing on the sustainability to support the long-term efforts of the mission in the Copper Canyon region of Mexico. Information is available on their website at tchforegon.org. Is God calling you to do something different with your life? Join Mater Dei Radio's team as our new grant writer. Shape the future of Catholic media through this dynamic part-time position, offering you competitive pay and an exciting opportunity for remote work with flexible hours to suit your schedule. Get more details on the grant writer position and how to apply at materdayradio.com. That's materdayradio.com to join us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life at Mater Dei Radio. The Morning Blend, brewed in the Pacific Northwest, guaranteed fresh every day on Mater Day Radio, the station dedicated to the Blessed Virgin Mary. And it is 8.55 at Mater Day Radio. Well, one last look at your forecast as we watch the snowfall outside here. It's, it is kind of pretty, that's for sure. And that could continue throughout the day today. We'll have a high of 37 degrees. In fact, that's where we're at right now is 37 degrees. And then it clears up overnight tonight with a low of 28. Friday actually looks a little clearer with a high of 43. So uh, we'll cross our fingers. All right. Well, closing out our show, here is John Finch and Send Down Your Spirit. We are the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio.
That is John Finch and Send Down Your Spirit. It's 859 at Mater Day Radio. That's going to wrap it up for the morning blend. David and Brenda with you on this last day of February. It's the last day of February. You just said it's send down your spirit. It's like, Lord, send down your snowflakes because <laughs> yes. that's what we got on Sylvan Hill right now. It's coming down right now. And uh, yeah, you can see that for uh, much of the day today. And uh, hopefully it won't accumulate and the roads will be fine. Oh. But that's what we're seeing. We pray for protection from Our Lady of Snows. And that is going to wrap it up for us on the Morning Blend. We hope you have a very blessed day.